Hey, thank you for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This week on the show, we discuss Zack Snyder stepping away from the Justice League movie, Wonder Woman early reactions, something called the Sony Marvel Universe, which makes absolutely no sense, and the fact that Marvel Studios has given us super spoilery trailers and a mess of a poster for Spider-Man Homecoming. Plus, Anthony and I ended up at a WWE pay-per-view wrestling event. Bro, do you even podcast? Yeah, for reals, that happened. And you're going to get our review of Ridley Scott's latest Alien Covenant, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, May 25th, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Funny. Disturb it. What's up, listener? Hello, and welcome to the Chalk and Nerd Podcast. Chalk and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Chalk. He's the nerd. And he's the little sickly rug boy in the corner. Rugs, how you feeling? I feel pretty good. What's up, motherfuckers? There you go. See, I know you... That was strange. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. Look, we have a slightly under-the-weather rugs. He can't kick this puppet herpes that's been uh, going around. You know, he's just... I've been on dialysis. <laughs> I think the best you could do is try to pass on the puppet herpes to uh, another puppet. What do you think? Puppets don't have good health care. That's the one thing that uh, it sucks to be a, about being a faulty is that you really have the shittiest health care. Well, not in Trump's America, that's for sure. He doesn't give a... Even though there's a puppet for president, he doesn't give a shit about his own people. No. Oh, <laughs> Trump's America now. <laughs> Trump's America now. Welcome, listener. If you are a first-time listener... Thanks for checking us out. Here's the goofiness you're going to get. This is a weekly geek fest of a podcast show where we hang out every week and we talk about what we love. And what we love is comic book and superhero related stuff. The movies, the TV shows, the actual comic books. This show uh, is going to be some news and reviews. going to be lots of fun. We got some a couple of things of news to talk about. Anthony, you'll be proud of me because I restrained myself. There's only like four things. I'm, I'm glad when you restrain yourself. Yes. Oh, not all over the face and chest just yet. Just wait, though. It's, it's early. It's early in the show. A little bit of news. Then we're going to review an event. Uh, Anthony and myself, we found ourselves uh, at a uh, WWE wrestling pay-per-view event. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes, that actually happened, listener. And uh, we'll let you know what we thought. I don't know uh, how that happened, but it did. Exactly. We we are we'll, we'll we'll explain everything, and then you're going to get our review of the latest Alien movie from Ridley Scott himself, Alien Covenant. And then we got a little bit of emails, and uh, that's the show. But before we begin, guys, Anthony, yeah, I heard uh, that some of our coworkers are enjoying uh, an impression you do. Oh, of you? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the. Uh... <laughs> It's. It, I don't think you've ever actually done this, yeah. but when people like to think that when you spaz out, you sound like this. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Uh, oh boy, Rugs is dying. Rugs, hang in there. Somebody call it. 
Somebody call an ambulance. Pretty much all you got to do is go overreact, hyperbole, expletive, expletive, overreaction, hyperbole, expletive, hyperbole. And then just. Oh my God, Spider-Man. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That is uh, how you imitate an Imran speech. I need to catch my breath. That's pretty accurate. Uh, so we have some coworkers <laughs> that, that have been. Oh, Jesus, rugs. Oh my God. I, I feel. Taste metal. <laughs> Do you smell toast? That's a bad sign. Wait, yeah. Anthony, there, uh, some of our coworkers have been listening to the show and giving, giving you some feedback, haven't they? Yes, they have. So one of, uh, one of the newer coworkers who recently got hired listened, gave the show uh, a listen. He enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, good. He, he compared what the dynamic between me and you is this. You are this sheep on acid, and I am trying to steer you back to the pasture. And without me there, you're just going to keep going all over the place. So I'm there to steer you back into pasture. You know what? That's pretty, sheep on acid. That's pretty accurate. That's absolutely pretty accurate. And that's why we make a great pair because without you, I don't know where the show will go. It would be 12 hours long and we would end up 12 hours, lo- uh, 12 hours long and we'd be talking about your vitiligo for like eight of it. Yeah, we'd end up somewhere way in outer space. So or your bald spot or well, speaking of that rugs. Uh, I want Anthony tell Rugboy uh, what you periodically like to do to me. There's no other way to bring this up. I don't know how to say this. I don't. Yeah, it, for like the past <laughs> month and a half, for good luck, I will rub Imran's bald spot. Did he my, touch it? Oh yeah. Oh. And then and then I will think of the first thing I think of that makes me hungry when I'm touching him, <laughs> and it's usually either peaches or kiwi. And it's because it's a little bit fuzzy up there, people. It's, it's not, not exactly smooth. It's like it looks. So you fuzzy. rub his head and you think about the the food that it reminds you of. Yes. Yep. That sounds so gross. Just <laughs> <laughs> my fingers after you touch his bald spot. <laughs> it's you know you keep doing this and it's gonna be shiny and smooth. And you know what? Honestly, originally it was for luck. Right. It was like it was rubbing. Luck. Yeah. It was like and then, like rubbing a genie's. Uh, Rubbing, rubbing, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the, the lamp. Thing. Yeah. The lamp, they, yeah. And then Aladdin comes out. What are these it's days? It's so weird because I always knew Imran with like luxurious hair. <laughs> I had, so in, in college, dude, I grew my hair out long, like down to my shoulders. And then it would curl up like, uh, like a, like a Holland, a little Holland girl, uh, into a perfect bob. Uh, yeah. Like and, Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. A little bit. I think that may be why I'm, uh, balding at the top top now but look one of these days you're gonna rub my head a blue genie's gonna come out of my ear and grant your wishes just don't wish if, for more wishes if you converted to judaism you could just wear a yarmulke and well, cover it up i know i have a skin yarmulke i call it oh, this is my skamaka it's my skin oh. yarmulke i'm an honorary oh. jew all or right? you can join a monastery and blend in <laughs> uh, you know what it's only slightly emasculating and i kind of like the feeling so i don't mind rub, i've rub, just been waiting for a blue genie to come out of <laughs> rub away all right yeah Fuckers, let's get to the news. That was not embarrassing at all. <laughs> the Jock and Ned Podcast. I'm happy I heard about that. Right? It's, it's, <laughs> I think we needed to share because it's a thing that's been happening. And like right now, I have a ghost sensation of you rubbing my bald spot. And it's just. Yeah, because Imran will just tingling. be like looking at a computer and I'll just come up behind him. Go, Imran! And just start touching his bald spot. <laughs> so I go, woo! Oh, hi. Uh, How do you feel when he does that? It, I, I said it's slightly emasculating, but it feels good. So I'm going to let him continue. Well, the other day, he, he'd been painting all day. So he's like, yeah. it's a little sweaty. It, still, it still was. Rubbed it. And he still rubbed it. Oh, Ew. shit. Uh, 
listener, if you want to know, uh, if you want to write about my bald spot and contact the show, if you, if you want to interact and get, get in touch with us, say hi. Just visit jocketer.com slash contact. Photos need to go on Twitter immediately. Uh, is that is going to be <laughs> a meme? The whole entire thing happening and rubbing it. Pictures and, and or like, it didn't like, happen. Yeah, it's got to be a picture of Anthony rubbing your bald spot and then like a picture of a kiwi like he's thinking about it in like a bubble. <laughs> Sometimes when he's rubbing my bald spot, my right leg starts bouncing up and down uncontrollably. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, it's weird. Oh no. Okay, look. Now you're now you're and now I mean it was it was fucking weird, but now it's it's I think weird. I went too far. Look, listener, just visit jockiner.com for links to everything we talk about. Jockiner.com slash one six eight. Okay, guys, we got to start with the big uh DCEU Justice League news. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. It's it's uh it's crazy, it's sad. I'm just gonna read this from the Hollywood Reporter. Headline Zack Snyder steps down from Justice League to deal with family tragedy. Snyder tells the Hollywood Reporter he is stepping away from Justice League, Warner Brothers all-star DC comic superhero mega movie that is in post-production in order to deal with the sudden death of his daughter. Snyder's wife, Deborah Snyder, who is a producer on Justice League, also has taken a break to focus on the healing of their family. Stepping in to shepherd the movie through post and the shooting of some additional scenes will be Joss Whedon the Avengers filmmaker and creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. With Whedon's help, the movie still is on track for its November 17th release date. Snyder's daughter, Autumn Snyder, died by suicide in March at age 20. Her death has been kept private with only a small inner circle aware of what happened. Even as the movie was put on a two-week break for the Snyders to deal with the immediate effects of the tragedy, Zack Snyder says he was initially eager to return to the film, which stars Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller. Uh, quote, in my mind, I thought it was a cathartic thing to go back to work, to just bury myself and see if that was the way through it, uh, said an emotional Snyder in an interview Monday in his office on the Warner Brothers lot with Deborah sitting by his side. The demands of the job are pretty intense. It is all consuming. And in the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me. They're all having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. The studio is fully behind the movie. What they are going through is unimaginable, and my heart, our hearts go out to them, says Warner Brothers Pictures president Toby Emmerich. One of the first things the studio floated was the possibility of pushing back the release date of the movie, but the Snyders decided against that. Warner's also extended Snyder's first look deal to give him a time to work on other planned projects when he returns to work. So Snyder, after seeing a rough cut of Justice League for fellow filmmakers and friends, wanted to add additional scenes, so he brought Whedon on board to write them. But as he prepared to shoot the scenes in England, Snyder realized it was not the time to leave home the directing is minimal and it has to adhere to the style and tone and the template that zach set says emmerich we're not introducing any new characters it's the same characters and some new scenes he's handing the baton to joss but of course he has really been set by zach i still believe that despite this tragedy will end still end up with a great movie so first of all wow uh this is awful horrible my heart breaks for Zack Snyder. I mean, we bag on Snyder all the time, but he is a person with a family. And for him to have to live with this uh, for since March. This is going to be a rough thing. It's like uh, for him to even get past. This is like a child. Uh, it's a huge tragedy to have a child and lose a child, raise a child to be 20. And then 20, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, it's and suicide. It's, it's, it's just all these things. It's, it's an amalgamation of all the worst things you could imagine as a parent. 
Yeah. So he's going to not be in the mood to try and make these decisions on this movie. His head's not going to be in the game. He did the right thing by Absolutely. stepping down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it makes, it's not that I wasn't sympathetic towards Snyder, like, ever. You know, I, I used to like his movies yeah. and stuff like that. I just think yeah. that we were bagging on him a lot because he was doing things that we didn't make, we thought didn't make sense and he thought was fine. So, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it, makes, we, it makes it feel bad a little bit for criticizing him so much and being so hard on him, but at the same time, this is separate from his movie making. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, I know people have felt bad recently, and I feel bad for him personally, and I and I feel like, you know, obviously he's going through a tragedy. I think you can you can criticize his work, but also still have sympathy for what he's going through, and and it's a and there you can separate the two. And I, I think I, the tone of the criticism should be different, like at this point in time. Right, right. Like, this, going forward, it, it should probably. There should be a difference. There's, there's going to be a difference in terms of tone. Hopefully, honestly, we bag on him, but really, because he he has a very specific point of view, which is that's great. At least he has a perspective. We just don't like the perspective. That's all. It's not like he's like a bad bad at making things look good. There's no one that's rooting for him to step down because of a tragedy. Not, not, you know, and that's the thing is like, it seems so horrible. It's like, this is what people wanted, but not like this. And I can relate uh, uh, him hiding it for two months and kind of burying himself in the work. Like when my dad died 21 years ago, I was in art school and I decided I was like, I got to go back and finish art school. I kind of wanted to like hide from that. The looking back that maybe was not the best decision and what you said rugs is right this is it's this is the right thing for him to do and well even let's say he decided to stay with the film yeah that would have been the right like whatever there is no right way to handle it no no way that he feels that he's going to handle it yeah it's like it's all up to him if he feel like he can't really his head's not in the game and he feels like he can't really make the decisions like how is he gonna decide if like the shot of batman's cool when he's thinking about right yeah he's not you know yeah but the thing is that I'm asking myself is like, let's say Justice League comes out and it's a piece of shit. Now what happens? Yeah. Is, are people going to be easy, like go easy on him uh, and like give him a pass huh. and like maybe criticize it, but not with the vitriol that we do with, with Batman versus Superman. That is interesting. I mean, we're, we're so late in production. You got to think that the majority of the movie was done and set into place before the tragedy. Yeah, I, there are people who have been talking about like what what Whedon's fingerprints are, and we're not going to see that. We'll I don't no. think we'll even notice them. To look, be honest. Like he said in the article, look, he has he's pretty much given them. Just finish this for me. Here's what everything looks like. Here's the story. Whedon's writing a little bit, and then I heard rumors of like they were reshooting it to change it three times or something. But these are scheduled reshoots, and he's just gonna. It's still gonna look like a Snyder. I don't think we're gonna see any. Joss Whedon influence, maybe in a little bit of the writing, if he's getting to write some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, as far as the criticism, if if this ends up sucking, I think you'll you'll still get it. But I, I, I think it'll it people will definitely kind of hold back a little bit because of this, and whether that's right or wrong, it's just the reality of the situation. Most people have hearts. Yeah, I mean, we're not complete monsters. Uh, but Ruggs, what you said was interesting. I didn't think about how if this movie is is really bad. Like, I uh, wow, it just sucks. It's like a such a like you're while you're excited to see Whedon directing Justice League, it just feels horrible to be excited for it. There's there's nothing good about this. Yeah, it's crazy, there's man. No, there's not even if even if people like us or anybody like vehemently hates Snyder. Yeah, it's, there's nothing good about 
about this situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hope they can, uh, you know, uh, put this, uh, behind them and grieve and have time. And, um, yeah, we'll see when this movie comes out. He's still got six months. Uh, but what's coming out before then for the DCEU with a movie that has a shitload writing on it, of course, is wonder woman. We have some early reactions, so they've done the thing where they release the Wonder Woman for fans and then they there's you know there's no reviews but they told this it's still under embargo but they've told people they can tweet spoiler free stuff and wow some amazing reviews comparing it to The Dark Knight the best DCEU film to date uh here's the thing though don't didn't they do this with all the movies and are and and, and, and so far it has not been true I don't know if I should trust well, these no here I'll 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 interject. I actually am pretty confident in this movie. Yeah. Um, because my, a lot of my friends are, are able to see early screenings of it. And a lot of the reviews that you heard for like Batman V Superman and suicide squad were, um, studio showings. So they were showing it to people that were affiliated with the studio. Okay. We're out there to, act, and these reviews, it seems like they're showing it to fans. And like, like I said, I have a, a friend that's going to catch an early screening of it that's not affiliated with any fucking film. So when they release these to the fans that earlier, where they, when they let fans tweet like this, that usually means that they're very confident that they've got something good on their hands. That's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, that that couldn't be better because if these these reactions are from true just fans, like you said, then wow, wow, I'm super excited for this. They may have actually. Made a good movie, people. Oh, shit. DCU may have finally uh, not made a shitty movie. Rugs, what do you think? Do you trust these uh, early reviews? I mean, you always got to take these with a grain of salt because it's kind of like the, uh, they're kind of like uh, giving the, doing these people a favor, giving them a, pre- a preview, sure. these fans, and the fans like feel like they, they, that they owe a little bit of a, a pass or niceness to the, to the studio for doing that. So there is like kind of like a little bit of a, grain of salt you got to put on this but um i'm hoping that it's good because i've been waiting for a wonder woman movie for the longest time i love the character yep. so much and uh, when i heard that joss whedon was gonna do it a long time ago i was like fucking yes let's do this and uh it, now we've had to wait all this time it's been years since joss whedon had it in his hands and he was gonna use colby smulders ah maria hill huh as wonder woman yeah, yeah. and um so now i'm just like I like Gal Gadot. Uh, she's passed the test. She's, you know, she's successful. She seems like she's all up for it. And she's really into being Wonder Woman. Yeah. So uh, let's do this shit. Let's get this thing in the bag. Let's uh, let, let's uh, hit one out of the park for DC. Or at I, least I also, yeah, go an ahead. infield home run. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sports, sports reference. That's like a sports thing, isn't it? Okay. Uh, I would also add in, like, just reading on the internet and even it kind of touched upon last week with having female Carrie Sims on yeah, the show. Yeah. And I've read articles where they're doing like female only showings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're, when they're like letting just females buy, you know, buy tickets for a movie and catch an early showing. Um, this is a big movie, whether, yeah. whether, you know, it's ends up being, I hope it's good because this is a big movie just in terms of like women. This is the first, I mean, I know we've had like Catwoman and Electra, but this is wonder woman is the female character. Yeah. So I, hopefully they nail this because a lot of people are really excited about it. I mean, some of these tweets, they're comparing her to Christopher Reeve, Superman. And uh, uh, wow. And yeah, and I'm excited that the, you know, the female audience can can be part of this conversation. They, they can finally. Yeah, they can finally hopefully be a part of the 
the bigger conversation in terms of mainstream superhero movies. I mean, shame on Marvel, and they're going to give us Captain Marvel, but nobody knows, nobody cares uh, who Captain Marvel Wonder is. Wonder Woman was always going to be, though, the character. Yeah. Like, that's the one that everyone's wanted. Yeah. Even her, uh, the, like the guys who created her, they have a really interesting story. That his name is William Moulton Marston. He was like a psychologist, and he invented the lie detector. And then he was a little freaky. He was like a little into S and M a little bit. Uh, and he comes up with this character, you know, in the '30s. So uh, everything about Wonder Woman's always been super interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. That's good. Uh, and it's coming out next uh, next Friday or Thursday at seven. I'm going to see it next Thursday. Yahoo! And we will have a review as quick as we can because we're super excited. Okay, let's move on to something called uh, Sony's Marvel Universe. Oh, shit. What? What is this? They're they're branding. They're starting to brand this as Sony's Marvel Universe. What does this consist of, you may ask? Good question. Well, news came out that they have cast Tom Hardy to play Venom. Oh, shit. In the Venom movie, which is going to be directed by Ruben Fleischer, who has directed Zombieland and Gangster Squad. Uh, Anthony, comment. <laughs> I'm just very confused on what's I, going on. I don't understand if this is connected to the Marvel Universe. Will not be a spinoff of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. Will not. Okay, will so not. I don't understand how you do a Venom movie without doing the Spider-Man storyline. That is a good question. Yes. While I, I think although Tom Hardy is I mean, the Tom Hardy thing, at least the only thing that's like, whoa, is like, whoa, Tom Hardy, like signed on. Apparently he's and a big like, fan. Like, Why? I dude, I think he would do a great job as a Eddie Brock Venom way better than Topher Grace. He looks the part. But how are you going to explain this rugs? How are they going to do this? Like the whole point of this Venom thing is that Spider-Man gets the alien symbiote and brings it to Earth. Yes. And uh, and then it siphons his powers and the imprints on him. And so everything that spawns off of Venom, Carnage and all the other fucking symbiotes, they all have a link to Spider-Man. It all starts with Spider-Man. So to not have that link, I mean, yes, these alien symbiotes exist without being attached to Peter Parker, but then it wouldn't be Venom. No. It would be something c- completely different. It yeah. would be whatever... It would be like a Tom Hardy uh, thing. Now they could sit there and fuck with the origin and say that they all these symbiotes act like spiders. I or mean, maybe yeah. that the, the that the symbiote takes on like uh, the person's obsession. So maybe he's going to be Eddie Brock. So maybe Eddie Brock's obsessed with Spider Man. So then Venom enables him to be like Spider Man. But they have to acknowledge Spider Man right. if they're going to make it anywhere near. They have to acknowledge it in some way, Spider Man, whether he's an influence on the symbiote or whatever. I kind of put Venom in like that same category as like Punisher, Deadpool, Wolverine, Carnage, where it was like anti-heroes. Yeah, let's bring up the anti-hero. Wow, we're yeah. super violent. Look how cool we are now. Look yeah. at the comics. Look at how cool and badass we are. And I don't know. I, I, those those a lot of those movies are are very hit or miss. Or a lot of those characters. Are well, very- and the character has gone through different you know versions, and he's changed from being this scary dark symbiote to becoming a good guy and bonding with Flash Thompson, and then they're part of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. These Agent Venom. Apparently, it's gone back to Eddie Brock in the comics. But you're right; it's a very much a character of. And you need you need time. him to bounce off of Spider Man. I feel like well, for that everything. Spider Man's yes. the good the good boy, like the good. <laughs> teenage boy 
and Venom's the fucking like he's the bad version of Spider-Man. So they have a release date of October 5th, 2018. And this gets better. And, and more in the news of Sony, what are you doing trying to start a Marvel Universe based on supporting characters of another character that it's not connected to? The Silver Sable Black Cat Spider-Man film lands a title director and release date. Rugs, you had had an idea about this. Yeah, I was going to say Venom, Silver Sable, and Black Cat. They're all bl- they're all black and silver. They should just call it Silver and Black or Black and Silver. Well, guess what, everybody? Oh, shit. Sony Spider-Man spinoff is going to be called Silver and Black. Also scheduled to arrive in theaters October 2018. The, like the, the same month they're going to release Venom uh, with the Secret Lives of Bees writer and director Gina Prince by the Wood. That's her actual name. That, that, wait, look, look. Yeah. I'm jumping in. Yeah. That makes no goddamn right? sense. Right? What are they doing? Well, both of these directors to these movies don't Damn. make sense. Because um, Zombieland is like a comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Venom's very serious and dark. And uh, this is The Secret Life of Bees. And it doesn't seem like it's actually. So this director also directed the pilot for the Cloak and Dagger TV series on Freeform. And writing it is Thor Ragnarok scribe Chris Yost, who's actually, he's a really good writer. Yeah. He's a good writer, yeah. Based on an earlier version by Lisa Joy. Again, you got Amy Pascal uh, producing, but what what the fuck? I, I I'm not surprised that Sony's movie industry is hurting, and they're about to stop. Like, I don't understand what they're doing. This makes absolutely no goddamn Malofsky sense. Malofsky was all like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't believe that these movies are actually happening." Yeah, that- he, he's still of the mindset that they're announcing these things so that a potential buyer is like, "Wow, we have franchises." We can buy this. Uh, yeah, this is the conspiracy, and I, I think it, I, that I, I mean I can kind of I love believing conspiracies. Uh, the, it sounds like it could be true because this, like, whoever buys this is buying a mess. They have no plans for this, probably, and they're just like, "Yeah, we're gonna announce all this stuff." It's very strange. I yeah. just don't understand why you would release two movies from the same studio in the same in month. the same month, both yeah, that are both on, the same genre, uh, both based on Spider-Man characters without Spider-Man. But you're literally just eating your film's profits. <laughs> somewhat, you're gonna people yes. have to choose. Not, so this is all shady, man. The more you think about this, this whole thing's fishy. It may be a whole thing just to sell because all they got going is like the emoji movie. Like they have no properties. They got nothing right now. No, I don't. And who wants? Yeah, I, I don't know what Sony even has. No, I think we've gone over this. The last thing, like they did Ghostbusters was their last like big thing. Oh, yeah. And that, 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 that sucked out. Sausage party. That's it. That's all they have. They got, they haven't had anything in years. So, whew. Somebody well, you know that they're, I mean, they're, that's the thing about Sony. That's the thing about like anything that's not Marvel Studios at this point is maybe DC, but like Sony and Fox, especially like they announce these films and it's like, is there really even like passion behind this? Yeah. Or are you guys just doing this? Just to, like, and it, it's like the most see through thing you could ever, it's, it's just to make DC movies. Warner brothers is the worst at that. They're always every week. They're like, Oh, we're going to make this movie Batman related. They were going to make another one about this Batman character. And it's always like, as much as flack as we give like Marvel for being owned by Disney. Like I, I definitely feel like Kevin Feige has a passion for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, control. He seems to have enough creative control to not, it's, it's a weird relationship yeah. with Disney that like you're, you're kind of rooting for a corporate giant now, but like, I don't know these other ones. Like, I just don't see like who's, really behind these and wants is passionate about venom or silver sable or black cat they're not it's just the, the thing is is that we're a bunch of guys sitting down and we know as soon as we hear the the announcement that this is not right right like okay they're doing a venom movie with no spider-man involved we already know that that's not a good thing but they don't care no, no. 
obviously there's no there is no passion for it. It's just some, they're, they're trying to find an angle. Mm-hmm. They're grasping for straws to yeah. make some money, and none of this is going to work. Like, uh, remember when Sony was the fucking shit, and everybody had Sony televisions and Sony Walkman? What happened to Sony? PlayStations. PlayStation, dude, they were ruling, but you can't stay on top forever. That is weird. Yeah, I don't know what happened to right? Sony. They were the fucking I re- shit. I, yeah, I thought of it like they were at one point for me, like when I was growing up, like Kleenex. Yeah. Like yeah. in terms of like when I thought Sony, I thought TV. Yeah. That's that's got to have a Sony TV. Even even before that, from the Walkman. I mean, they had fancy Sony stores you would walk into with all this fucking, and it was always like top of the line. And uh, you know, you were in a a nice place that they had a Sony television because they could afford it. Ah, it's weird. Anyways, speaking of uh, Spider Man, let's talk about a movie Spider Man is actually in, and that is the new Spider Man Homecoming that's coming out uh, July. It's July, right? So they just released uh, the third trailer and a couple of posters, and I have issues with both of these things. Oh, shit. Rugs, I think I know the answer to this question, but I have to know. Did you watch this new trailer? No. Okay. I would say good for both of you because it is a bit... It does show a lot. Okay, so this is what <laughs> happened. This is what happened. I saw it, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to click this. I don't want to click it. Should I click it? And I, I clicked it. And then I was like, oh, I didn't want to see that. And I was like, no, no, no. 45 seconds. I turned it off. Good. And even that, I was upset. I was upset. And But this this is literally giving me a panic attack because I'm like, I can watch new <laughs> Spider-Man shit right now, but I know it's going to ruin the movie. Well, and- let me tell you something. Yes. Don't watch the international okay. third trailer. I'm not, okay. It's not, it's not one of those international trailers where they just edited it a little bit. It's a completely different trailer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like way different footage. So don't watch either. You know what? And this is because and I was wary already because that the, uh, the trailers they've already put out have been so plot heavy. So it's like this marketing is confusing. I really appreciated the Guardians trailers and even the Wonder Woman trailer. We talked about, look, they gave us three trailers. It's more of the same, but it didn't so get it. Didn't, is, how yeah, they get there. yeah, they didn't give anything away. And I'm super psyched. Why? Do they feel the need to show so much of Spider-Man? Everybody fucking knows who Spider-Man is, that this is uh, there's Avengers and Iron Man. Why are you showing us everything? I don't know. I don't know. My only theory is that they're doing it so that they, because they, it's, a, again, a very Tony-heavy. Yeah. They want, they want the audience to know this is Marvel Studios doing this. Yeah. I think everyone, I think everyone has, has figured it out by now. It just seems a yeah. little bit heavy-handed and just beat you over the head with it. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that really affected me. Now, this poster, though. Oh my god! Let's talk, Rex. Have you seen this poster? I put yeah, it. It's I, heinous. Uh, uh, listener, <laughs> visit the show notes. Jockinner. I love that he said it's heinous. <laughs> oh shit! So, jockinner.com slash one sixty eight. I will have the poster in there. You can play around. Here's the thing: they've given us great posters already. The the posters where he's lying down. The posters where he's hanging off the freeway sign. It doesn't even have the word Spider Man on it. I love those posters. To go from that. To this fucking every movie poster cliche Photoshop bullshit designed by committee piece of shit thing. I don't understand how this happens. Well, it just there's no thought put into it. It's just like the the mountain of people yeah. that they've done a million times. They but do it all the time. But it's just even the shots that they used and the and none of the lighting matches nope. on any of the nope. faces. So they all like in different worlds. And then yep. there's like random shit happening. There's Tony Stark got fire okay, around yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So okay, look, I'm, let me just tell you. I'm gonna read the names of the characters around this poster because it's weirder than just that. So here, big the biggest person, 
Spider-Man character. In suit. In suit, Spider-Man. Then you have, just to his right, Tony Stark with fire around him. Then you have Peter Parker, Tom Holland, okay? Next to him, you have a little vulture in suit. Uh, just directly underneath, you have the shocker. And then going to the left, you have Adrian Toomes, Michael Keaton, Zendaya, Iron Man in suit, and for some fucking reason, Marissa Tomei, Aunt May, and Happy Hogan. Uh, oh, shit. What the fuck? Why are there three people are on here twice? And the Washington Monument. The Washington Monument. The Avengers Tower. Oh, yeah, you got the Washington Jesus Monument, Christ. and then you have the skyline of New York to its left. <laughs> but I've never seen them put three of the same people on here twice in a poster. Like, I can't Listen, think of another example of this. If you know that, go see some Drew Struzan posters. He does it with Indiana Jones. Yes. But it's different. There's such a, a, a concentration on composition and storytelling and kind of creating levels of design. And this doesn't really it has a hierarchy, but it's kind of random. It is. And, and uh, it's it's it shots, literally shots stolen from the trailer. Yeah. It's not even it's not even like posed stuff. It's shots stolen from the trailer that random times and it, like given to like a high school student to like work on Photoshop. And you know whoever designed this, there was a fucking three suits standing behind him going, make his head 30% bigger. Make that 20% smaller. Put that head over there. Make it the biggest. Like, this is how this poster uh, clearly was constructed. Because you're right, Ruggs. Not, I mean, they didn't bother matching the lighting or anything. It makes no sense. It's, uh, it's up there with the, um, if you guys look up the Avengers Age of Ultron. I was going to say, this is, yes, this is, this might yes. be worse, but it's, it's up yes. there with it's those. Just, yep, yep, that, it's just, man, I think the Ultron was worse. I honestly think the Ultron that was, was really bad think, too. I just think you don't need the repetition of characters being twice. No! And this Washington Monument is just unnecessary. The Aunt May, no one Why? gives a fuck. Why? It's John Favreau. Why is Happy yeah. Hogan on this fucking if thing? Took, if you took those three out, yes. Washington Monument, Favreau, you don't and need the, the Shocker. You don't need the Shocker on there. And the Shocker. Yeah. You can take him out, too, because you can't even see his face. No! You just see like a little blast. Yeah. Uh, if you click this link from Polygon, the internet has have been having a ball uh, I'm modifying this poster, and there's one where they just added Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio and John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. The like you're in the poster. <laughs> Donald Trump meeting the Arabs is down there, and Birdman. Yeah. It's it's pretty funny. It's a Spider-Man bling blingy. You uh, should have like one air area of it with a mirror, so you could be in it. <laughs> yeah, then like your face here, and then you just yeah. take a. It's like a Snapchat filter. Blech. Lame. Wow. I don't know what happened to this. I don't, I don't know. Understand like. Marvel Studios is like very like very attention to detail when it comes to their movies and like putting in references to other things, but they like give two shits about their fucking posters or the, whatever department this is just does not care. I mean, well, there's a marketing. The way it works is that you have like the there's a main team that does the marketing, but then there's literally marketing for every region. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's and like overseas and all is international. There's so many. There's like. There's a guy who designs the, the Indian posters yeah, and there's a yeah. guy who designed the Filipino posters. So we don't know exactly where this is, if this is from the international department or if this is from the home base, but do you it think, looks do you, like it's a regular American poster. Do you think yeah, any of this is Sony's meddling? No, because Marvel's done this before. That's true. No, That's it was true. Sony's meddling. It, we wouldn't have seen this, but we've seen the mountain of heads plenty of times. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Blech. All right. This is, though, this is the time, though, that it looks like it's been not only been done poorly, but 
It's just looks like they just slapped it together and like didn't give a fuck. There's another poster where it's Spider-Man in the middle and you see the vulture and Iron Man. And that one is great. That one's fine. It's nice and simple. I don't understand why they felt the need to do this and show me the whole movie in the goddamn trailers. You motherfuckers. Uh, all right. Look, that's it for the news. Believe it or not. That's all I got, people. Let's carry on. All right, so here's the deal. Anthony, you're going to have to set this up because last Sunday yep. night, uh, uh, I find you. Oh, that's correct. You came to me and you're like, hey, so go ahead, set this up. How do we explain this? So we have a mutual friend at work. Wait, do we have to give spoilers for this? No. No? But it's already fucking happened. Yeah, but like, would, do people record a pay per view? Oh, no, okay, no, no, okay no, that's no. a stupid question. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> go ahead. This isn't a pro wrestling podcast. Um, fr- mutual friend from work had tickets to the WWE event called Backlash at an arena that me and Imran work at a lot. Backlash. And Backlash. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? If it's free, I'm interested. I'll go. Yeah. I'll check it out. I haven't. The last time I was at a show was like six, seven years ago. I thought it was fun. I haven't been back since. Let's check it out. Then I'm like, well, Imran, let's get, get Imran in on this too. So we, we end up going and we become what they call seat fillers. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get sued by this. The guy was making it seem like we could get into they a lot of trouble. They told us we were not supposed to tell people we were well, seat We're going to tell people. But I think Fuck people them. understand how these fucking things work. Right. So basically on in WWE, they have a camera facing one side of the arena, and they can never have a seat empty on that side of the arena. Nobody goes to the washroom at any no of these one. events. Yeah. No one. <laughs> so me, Imran, and like 30 other people that of varying ages and pro wrestling fandom seemed like they were all real big fans yeah oh yeah um are basically assigned to a section off camera where we're sitting in pretty decent seats but at any moment we could be called to fill some seats on the camera side regardless of the situation so if it's a family of four and two people go to the bathroom me and imran are going to sit in their fucking seats yeah until they come back back. yeah you know we might get yelled at we might get fucking harassed yeah we had to deal with it and say we were WWE employees for the night. And we get, we they give you free tickets. So that's pretty and much it, all you and, get. And, and, and yeah. And the, the pay for that is you get a free show. So luckily it was a sold out show. Yeah, so there was nowhere know, to move. They, we there was nowhere to move. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have to ever move from our original seats, but we were there as employees of the WWE to make the crowd look more full than it really is. It was hilarious. Cause he gives this whole spiel and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And he's like, get ready. I have to move. I need you to sit in your hope section. And then nothing happened. We just sit and enjoyed the whole show. It was great. Yeah. We literally sat in the last row of the floor and, and just enjoyed the show. So wow. Ended great. up being actually pretty, pretty cool in terms of, we just didn't, we didn't have to move other than grab beer and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. And I, so look, for myself, uh, I, when I was a kid, I was into the WWF. And when they had a uh, Saturday the morning World cartoon, Wildlife. the World Wildlife Foundation, I was all about saving the pandas because I'm a trash panda in real life. So you got to save, you got to save the pandas. No, but I remember my dad was into wrestling even before WWF was big. He, we would, I remember watching some obscure, like independent wrestling show on a weird channel in Chicago. And then, that got big and I got into the whole Hulk Hogan thing and I was like maybe seven or eight and I grew out of it as, as you do and never thought about it later. I've never been to an event. So Anthony was like, you want to check this out? I was like, sure. I almost, the guy almost talked me into going Saturday and Sunday and I'm glad I didn't do that. No, don't. Good thing. That would have been way. So let me, let me give you my background. I was a pro wrestling fan 
when I was a little kid also. Yeah. So I was a big Hulk Hogan guy. Yeah. And then obviously I, I moved on from that to like the Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, the Generation X era. And then after that, I was like, well, this is just fucking fake. <laughs> so I'm out. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I, I've always, but I've always had like pro wrestling in the periphery because it's one of those things where it was part of your childhood. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of crossover sometimes with WWE, like Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. Yeah. Crossed over. So I'm, I'm more familiar than Imran, which is amazing to me <laughs> with like pro wrestling terminology. And, Finally. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, and like, what fans are looking for and like why they kind of appreciate pro wrestling. Yeah. So like Imran was next to me and he was like completely flabbergasted by things. And I could like understand it a little bit more. I mean, it is truly is. It's a jock and nerd thing. It is a comic book come to life. There's storylines, there's heroes, there's good guys, bad guys, you know, uh, cliffhangers. So, I mean, I get it, but so, Basically, my whole experience when we got there, I was sober. I didn't have anything to drink yet. I sat there, and we were watching the first couple of rounds, and I'm like... And matches, it's, matches. Matches, whatever. We're watching the first couple of matches, and it's you know, it's clearly fake as shit, and people are like cheering and digging in, and I'm looking around, I'm going, whoa, okay, these people are really into this. I mean... You no, know, Imran is literally out loud just disrespecting this. I, I was... Going, how could people watch this? I was Those like, punches are so fake. It's like, I can't believe... Go in it. So the matches go on. The show gets on. I get a slice of pizza. I get a big fucking giant beer for $45 or however much it was. And let me tell you, by the end of it, the last match, I was arms raised, cheering, going, yeah, the Indian guy won. Fuck yeah. I, I totally got like you have one beer. That's all you need. You loosen up and you you kind of get into it. There was. It was a lot of fun. There was like a, a, a six-girl tag team event. There was like three-on-three three tag team, all, all chicks. That was great. The, the match with the guy in the mop, wearing a mop and dressing up as a grandma was funny. There, oh, was, some yeah. good, there was some entertaining stuff. I uh, went to a wrestling match, uh, a WWF one, yeah. uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. And I think I might have been like 12 or 13, something like that. And it was like a birthday thing. So we all went and I actually like was into wrestling for a little bit when it was on TV because it was on TV and it was like something to watch. And uh, I went to this fucking thing. You can see it was so fake. (laughs) Good seats. I never, ever like, I was like, fuck this. I was like, cause like on TV, they can shoot it. So it looks like it's real. Yeah. But at the angle that I was at, you could completely see it was complete bullshit. I'm like, I'm like the floor is like a trampoline. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it absorbs a lot of, yeah. and it also makes the sound. But they they, dude, they mic that mic, that ring really well. The, and but then they throw the dudes out of the ring, and there's no padding there. They're throwing these dudes; they're bouncing off tables. That part I was like, "Holy shit, you could really get hurt." So look, a couple of observations I have: first time kind of watching wrestling after like thirty years. Um, one, it hasn't fucking changed in thirty years, really. Like yeah. the 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 drama of the sport; it's the same like fake two count uh kick out uh grab the rope at the last second uh the, they wrestle for 30 seconds and suddenly they're both like exhausted and can't get up and the slow getting up thing and the drama i was like huh it really hasn't changed in terms of that so that was fun uh other observation 
What happened to the fun names? What happened to the bombastic, over-the-top characters? There was there, so if you guys, first of all, if you're listening and you're a wrestling fan, I'm, and I'm clearly I'm going to offend you at some point. I apologize. He, right oh, now. you've already offended. Him. Okay, I've, I'm, I should have apologized first. It's going to happen. What these people are called that watch wrestling? Smart like, marks. I know they're smart, smart marks. marks. Yes. They're or smarks. Yeah, smarks. So, like for example, one match. Uh, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles, which to me sounds like a black comedian versus a fucking pop star. Like, what are these names? There's Luke Harper versus Eric Rowan. Like, that's not exciting. There was a guy named Dolph Ziggler. I like that name. That was a great name. He was wearing an American flag on his pants. Oh, he was, and, and he, he was fighting. He was fighting a Japanese. Guy. He was fighting that, and Nakamura everyone was rooting guy. for the Japanese. Yes, the Japanese guy was wearing like, uh, like Eddie Murphy's outfit from Delirious, like the Michael Jackson red leather fucking shit. It was great. Whoa. Uh, yeah, there's there's a dude named Sammy Zayn, and he had his last name written in Arabic across his crotch. And of course, I read it, and then I felt weird. Uh, but <laughs> that's where I always read my Arabic. That's where you got to put the Arabic in your last name. But the highlight you understand ha- it better when it's crotch, crotch. <laughs> when it's crotch Arabic. That's uh, the best kind of Arabic. Uh, absolutely. The highlight for me had to be that last match, which Jinder was Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Jinder Mahal, brown guy, like a guy where let's, let's, let's set this okay, up for our non pro wrestling fans. Yes. So Randy Orton is like, I guess the the good guy. Boring name. Bo- bo- boring name. Yes. <laughs> Jinder Mahal is this bad guy who's like dressed in like, like Indian turban and like full suit. So he's like this Indian aristocrat kind yeah, of feel. Yeah. But he's like the, the, his whole basis of his character is like xenophobia. He's just like, you guys don't like me because I'm Indian. And like, he's just playing it up that he's like, not from here. He's got even these, like, he has these even two- though you had like a guy like next to us, like, <laughs> You're from Kenosha, <laughs> Wisconsin. Got, Shut up. That guy was hilarious. And he's got two two douchebag sidekicks, like Indian dudes you would see in the club with like green, yeah. tight green shirts. They're wearing like shirts that you would buy from like Express. Um, so you got like this dynamic where it's like total xenophobia versus like yep. white guy. But like from what we have heard, our, the Chicago crowds are like full of smart marks. Yeah. So they're like always cheering for the bad guys. Yes. It's very interesting. But, it's so like they'll flip flop on the on the on the match. Basically, what happens is this guy Jinder Mahal wins, who no one expected to win, and half the crowd is like, "Oh shit!" Chicago, and yeah. they're like, "Yeah!" I like, was cheering, they, cheering for the bad yes. guy because that's apparently what Chicago does. The other half of the crowd is like, <laughs> legitimately like. Donald Trump at like Donald Trump uh, rally mad. Dude, they were cutting to kids' faces that look like they just their dog died. Did you see like those like white hicks like like legitimately flicking him off and being, like, yelling like "fuck you"? you those guys, the, those guys are gonna. They probably beat up the next Indian person they saw on their way home because of Jinder Mahal. They oh, let the shit. Terminator win. The Terminator, dude. First of all, Jinder the is Terminator. He's jacked. He looks like a, 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 an Indian Lou Ferrigno. Oh, oh, this this guy was like steroids to the holy shit is not an ounce of fat on this oh fuck tinder and so randy orton there was a there's a meme out there that there's a part where he was outside of the ring and he was tossing his his douchebag sidekicks around and he legitimately bounces this dude off the table into the back wall and he turns around and makes a face like oh i think i went too far like i don't think i was supposed to do that i think that dude got hurt oh it was great i just gotta make a comment on the crowd yeah I, for the most part, I feel like it's like our listeners. 
<laughs> you think so? Like, oh yeah, like there's got to be a ton of crossover between pro wrestling and comics because, like, I've never seen so many dudes that look like Kevin Heldon in my life. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, like, like, there's Jesse Looney. There's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it was just a lot of overweight dudes in shorts. What I feel like Kevin Heldon is. It is a and, little like, bit comic book co- convention crowd, but that, yeah, it was like comic book convention yeah. crowd. But it was like very diverse. Yeah. So it was like Hispanics and black people and. So and, all kind of means, all kinds of fat people, all, all kinds no, of like yeah. weird looking men, people. men yeah. and women, boys and girls, families, like and then, you like, had everything. Kids. Yeah, then you had like little kids yeah. that like, and they were into it, into it, and then you have like adults that are getting like really upset about this stuff. How many? How many hot chicks are there though? Not many. The, okay. the six six tag team wrestling chicks were pretty hot. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the hottest chicks were the ones performing. Oh, yeah, it's a very heavy male crowd. But, yeah, but I was surprised no, how many really? like women there were. It was like it's like comic book convention, except more aggressive. Yes, and I have a feeling that listeners like I think you're right, Anthony. I think a lot of our listeners are wrestling fans, and they may get excited when they hear about this because I posted this in our Facebook group. To which Matt Delhauer responded, "We can finally talk wrestling. You have no idea how it, happy that makes me." It's like so disappointing because <laughs> he's such a smart guy. <laughs> And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, Matt Gellhauer? Like, yes, he loves this. And I was like, whoa, slow your roll. I went to one thing, but the Indian guy won. Oh he he writes back, I know you, Imran. That's all it takes to throw you whole hog into this now. He is not wrong, but you know what? No, I've seen, I think I've seen enough wrestling oh, I, for a while. I understand while. the appeal, though, for like people that are like, a lot of people that are really into, they know that it's, it's fake. Yeah. So they're, they're into it for like the storyline and like yeah, the drama. I can't really. How do you even defend that? Because as Amron said, it hasn't changed. It hasn't There's changed. No. Nothing is different in the you've seen. If you've seen, let's say you've seen like 10 episodes of wrestling, that's all you'll need to see. You see, you'll see every situation yep. that will happen yep. in 10 episodes. You never have to see it again. Absolutely. Well, they like, they like appreciate the, what they call work rate. So the, the like wrestlers that can perform in matches and like do athletic high flying moves and like can tell a story in the ring. So that's what the lot of like the big I mean, look, like, I, a lot of them really enjoy. So there's this like weird cult. I did a lot of research. There's this like weird. <laughs> there's there's like weird like WWE is like the mainstream. Yeah. Right? right. And like they like a lot of the guys that come to WWE that have been like working in the independent wrestling field. So like mm. working on smaller shows, like not these like jacked muscle bound guys, but like the guys that Imran was like naming that are like super boring names. But yeah. they're like these guys that like. worked their way up and like made it to the big show and they're like a lot smaller than your typical like Jinder Mahal like they're like you're not your your six foot six guy but more like your five nine okay that's like 180 pounds so a lot of like those people get a lot of uh uh, attention from the the wrestling coming up in the minor leagues and shit yeah it's it's like a it's like it's like like the comic book analogy would be like your your guy that from image that all of a sudden made it to marvel Okay, okay. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Like, the physicality of this is very impressive. The choreography. And these guys are, they're getting slammed. They're taking some hits. They're definitely going to get bruised. Well, they definitely get injured. Yeah. Like, oh, just, hey. I mean, I, but the, the other point to it is, like, I don't, I don't understand how you can watch guys in their fucking underwear. <laughs> doing, doing so proud. Gender so was like, not wearing much. Uh, he had oh, a real. No one's wearing no. much. It is. And it is. It's soap opera. It's the same soap opera like time stop. Oh, another observation. Apparently, a kick to the head sounds like when you slap your hand on your ass. That's the noise <laughs> a kick oh, to the head makes. That's what I like. Oh, we, we heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the 
I noticed it though. It's when they when they do their kick, you can see like their hands slap their ass. Well, the yeah, and they do the they they stomp down. They do the stomp down thing always, where like that's where the impact is, and it's not really on the guy. But there are some parts where they're flying back and forth real quick between the ropes, and the guy just grabs them and flips them over like all smooth. Like some of it is kind of impressive, but I'm that's it. I just needed to see one thing. I'm good. I'm but good it's for like a while. going to the circus. You yeah, go to the circus, yeah, yeah, and then that's yeah. it. You don't go to the circus every week. No, to see what happens. Did the, the, the elephant survive this week? No, right. nobody cares yeah, uh it's, no, it's all fake yeah. it's a performance and you yeah. see it once yeah. you don't need to see it again Fascinating I'll, give them, I'll give them this production level is great yes yes whatever they're whatever they're doing with their stages and entrances like their entrances are, are quite immersive yes with the music and like how loud it is and like how the whatever pyro that goes off when each person enters and they all have their unique entrances and i was like that's kind of cool. That kind of reminds me of like a concert feel. And then, and then they start punching each other. face. <laughs> and, so like, and then you just hear this, and, you hear this. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, and you just look <laughs> in there you and you're like, why are guys still wrestling in their underwear? Don't we have the UFC where people don't do this? Like fighting. Wouldn't it be good in your underwear? No, no. And, or with be- long hair that people can grab and drag yeah, you around. I don't, I, I don't understand <laughs> the long the hair, hair on, on the wrestler. <laughs> why is that still a thing? I know that was a thing in the eighties. Cause that was cool, but why are pro wrestlers, male pro wrestlers, still growing out their hair? It's like a cape. It's going to get caught on something. It's going to get in the way. It's really not functional. Like more than half the wrestlers had long hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, but to your point, Anthony, look, I will say production value, unbelievable. And really, the lesson you can learn from all this is the way they have uh, created their fandom and, and hype the audience and reward these fans. Like it's, there's a lesson on how to keep your, your fans engaged. Uh, it's pretty cool how, how he's done this and how he's built to this thing. You can only tap into. Exactly. Yes. We just needed a little bit of that juice. You don't know how, how they do it. Something that should not even be on TV is still popular. Do I have I to. Do I got to put on some tight underwear and start punching people? Away a, a bunch of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I look. They love it. They love it. They love it. Wrestling. <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. You got to create controversy. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend all of our wrestling fans. I love you guys. I, look, just, I just remember like you being like I was. I was out loud oh, why saying do people that. like this. Yes, why I was like. I literally yelled, I can't believe people are buying this. Then, oh, then you started yeah. making then you started making Trump jokes after you started after you started drinking. I was like, and there, are, there were more than a few Hispanic people around us that if they didn't hear the context of your Trump joke, <laughs> might have been quite offended. I don't remember what I said, to be honest. You were saying a lot of things. I don't remember. I kinda <laughs> I went I got I got a little giddy yeah, for a and, second. And you have to factor in that there was probably Trump fans there because the reaction to fucking this Indian guy winning was like yeah unlike of anything I've ever seen yeah that was everyone was shocked but I was fucking people were either very happy yeah. or like legitimately upset yeah it was it like like as if like this man just like bombed the place like yeah. what the fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't like why are you flicking this guy off you know it's fake because uh, you know these are the people that are in the audience that pronounce the word white. With the H. <laughs> oh, you mean white? I'm yes. white. If you pronounce white like that, <laughs> Wheatons, Wheat. like Donald Trump, <laughs> you watch wrestling. Why? White. Why you say it like that? And you say wrestling. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of wrestling is what we experienced. Good show, though. I was. I'm glad I went. Good experience. Apparently, there was like a crazy ladder match the night before. Whatever the fuck, I don't really care. Whoa! How did the la- ladders fight? What I, do? Yeah, I don't know. They don't have arms. And they just like throw ladders against each other. That's not how it works, Rugs. Okay, <laughs> okay, guys. And in this corner, the rope ladder. <laughs> the rope ladder versus the step ladder. <laughs> the step yes. ladder. Who <laughs> win this time? 
Woo, Pete, they would cheer that too. I'm sure that's what they were cheering. I would actually pay to watch. <laughs> well, it was a pay-per-view. Over here, we've got the ladder that's hooked to a fire truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look at ladder. ladder. And now we've got the board game shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders from nowhere off the top ropes. Oh shit. Oh shit. What an upset, listener. Oh boy. Okay, oh, enough of this bullshit. We're gonna take a break. I'll play some promos. And we'll be right back and continue. After these messages, we'll be right back. My name is Carrie Sims, and I host Sketching Comedy with my artist friends, Imran Javed. Hey, that's me. And Phil Rude each week live on YouTube. Hang out with us as I learn and discuss the legends of comic book art and comedians while the fellows are creating live drawings during the show. I learned Stan Lee defied the Comic Code Authority with an anti-drug comic. That's right, Carrie. But did you know the Hulk wasn't supposed to be green? He was supposed to be gray. The printer screwed it up. Visit BlazingCaribouStudio.com or tune in each week on our YouTube channel and download the podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are found. Catch you later! Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Bill, and we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do, and we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, Record of the Week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hey, listener, if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been listening to us for a while, if you still haven't turned it off after we offended all of the wrestling fans, uh, you should consider joining our fan club on Patreon. It is a way to financially support the show, help the show going. Uh, with your monthly donation, you will get bonus content every week, every month. And guess what, guys? Very exciting. This week, two new patrons. Oh, shit. Not one, but two. Count them. Super huge thanks to Miss Carrie Sims from the Blazing Caribou Studios. She was on. Yeah, she was on uh, last week. And as the show ended, she signed up and supports. She is now one of our patrons. Join the fan club. And also, thank you to Steve Morrison. New listener, or maybe he's not new. I don't know this guy's name, but Steve, nice to meet you. Thanks for your donation. Thanks for your support. Uh, they are joining such awesome, awesome people. Huge shout out to all these people. It's David Zika. Check out Zika's viral comics on eBay. Jimmy McPike, Matthew Lawrence, Ron S. Hans, Adam Morris, Matt Delhauer, David Malofsky from A Place to Hang Your Cape, and Philip Milan. 
thank all of you for your continued support and Brett Zafka, who made a one-time donation, which, listener, if you don't like the recurring Patreon thing, we have a PayPal donate button. Hit it. Send us whatever you want. We want this list to be so long that it takes Imran 20 minutes to read it. I, this whole show should be and, me and he robots everyone. throughout all of them. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, we do it on purpose. Yes. Yeah, we're making him robot. <laughs> well, you're only hearing the robot. The listener will not hear the robot. I uh, meant to do that. I meant to do that. Uh, so, for example, if you sign up, this is what you would have experienced this week. We're uh, going to give you our thoughts on Alien Covenant, but everyone I mentioned... I already had a chance to enjoy both Anthony and myself's instant reactions to the movie. Immediately walking out of the movie, what we thought, give you a couple of minutes, little bonus clip just for you. And mine, actually, I even, I went on to talk about the, the Batman and Bill documentary on Hulu rugs. Yeah. You, you saw that, right? I saw that and I added that to the thing. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Hi, highly recommended. If you haven't seen it, find a way to watch this. It's really good. And uh, you really, you walk away from this thing going, Huh, Bob Kane was a little bit of a piece of shit, wasn't he? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, but I also, it restores your faith in humanity that at some point, somebody will write that wrong. It's amazing because uh, uh, what would have fixed this were just three words. Just the words, with Bill Finger. And it took 75 years for that to happen. Think about Fuck that. Fuck her right in the pussy. Fuck her right in the pussy. You know what? I caught, I, I caught one of those on live TV the other week here in Chicago. I know that's why I thought of it. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but no, dude, 75 years to get three words at it because Bob Kane in his contract when he sold Batman was like, it has to say by Bob Kane only forever. And so, and, and there's some great twists in the movie. You learn a lot of things like, and it's the journey of him trying to make right Mark Tyler Nobleman who did this. It's really good. Check it out. Better than alien covenant. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> All right. Listener, you are going to hear our Alien Covenant review, but it's going to be Sans the Rug Boy because he didn't watch the movie. No, I couldn't get to it. I'm too sick. It's okay, Rugs. I want you to feel better. But it's okay. Save yourself. Don't worry, listener. Rugs will be back and finish up the show with us. The Jock and Ned Podcast. All right. We're going to give you our thoughts about uh, the latest Alien entry into the Alien franchise, Alien Covenant. Of course, I got to issue this. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This is uh, the sixth movie, right, Anthony, in, in, in the main canon timeline? Um, uh, It is the sixth. It is the eighth uh, but movie I, I feel featuring like... aliens. But a lot of the fans, and, and, and I think this film it's all, as well, doesn't, they don't regard it. Alien but, Predator part of canon. But Why? Because if you've seen those movies, they're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> when did those movies take place? Like timeline wise, do you know? They take place like in modern time. Oh, which really fucks with what? Canon. Like present before all present this, day. which is before all of that. Before okay, that, that's fucked up. Okay, so that's I see why they don't count that. Uh, the movie currently holding a uh, Rotten Tomatoes score seventy two percent. Very good. Which is, I mean, it's, decent, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, that is a decent score. And I was kind of surprised that it was that high, but we'll, we'll get into that box office wise. This is where it gets interesting. Uh, budget of 97 million, not cheap, not cheap, but not huge. Kind of like, mid. Uh, no, this no? is still expensive. Yeah. Okay. 97 million yeah. is on the, uh, the high end. It's been in release six days. Uh, opening weekend 
It made $36 million. Lame. Domestic, yeah. $36 million opening weekend. So uh, as of May 24th, uh, domestic, it's made 45 Worldwide, $131 million for a movie that has the word alien in it. I don't know. It's not doing that great. Doing okay. Not, it's not doing that great. Not doing. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes went down 1%, by the way. Update. Oh. Okay. 71 since I put these notes together. Uh, cast and crew for this one real quick. As we mentioned, this is Ridley Scott returning to the franchise for a second time after you know directing the first Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, written- this is his third Alien go-around. What? Wait, third? Yeah, third. This is his third Alien go-around, correct. Uh, screenplay by John Logan, Dante Harper, starring Michael Fassbender as two androids, David slash Walter, Catherine Watterson, Daniels, Billy Crudup, as Oram, Danny McBride as Tennessee, uh, Demian Bashir as Lope, and just a couple other people that I don't know, characters that you really don't get to know too well, so I'm not going to even read their names. At the bottom, though, it does say James Franco as Branson, uncredited. Guy Pierce is also in this as an old Peter Whalen, aged. And Numi Rapis is listed in this cast, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw. Jesus Christ. It says uncredited. And then a guy named Javier Botet is actually playing the Xenomorph. And there's another guy playing the Xenomorph. Anyways. Uh, so let's do what we do with these reviews. Opening thoughts, what we like, what we didn't like. Anthony, you're... Yeah, well, we'll keep this shorter. Yeah, it's not going to take long. It's going to be an hour and a half. And you'll see hours. why, listener. Um, I, uh, Anthony, before you start, I just want you to real quick, give me your alien history. So I'm an alien fan. Yes. I've uh, I've enjoyed... A few of these movies, I remember when AVP was coming out, Alien vs. Predator, I was super psyched. You were psyched for that one, huh? Okay. I was psyched for that one. I love Alien. I love Predator. I've read books with Alien vs. Predator. The comic I, books are great? Comic books. I've read actual fucking books. Mm. <laughs> um, wow, you got so, that deep. Interesting. I'm into okay, it. I'm okay. into Alien. I'm into you Alien. I'm into you Predator. You read the so. novelization. I've read novelizations. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I... I quite enjoy these. These they're not. I don't know what the, they're, they're characters. They're just mon- movie monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alien, great horror movie. Aliens, amazing sci-fi movie. And then we just go downhill from there. But <laughs> uh, coming into this, I'm like coming off Prometheus. So this is like Alien Covenant is a sequel to Prometheus, but yet a prequel still to the main Alien. Correct. And coming into this, I was a little skeptical because Prometheus wasn't the best. It wasn't terrible. Wasn't the best. Um, and coming in after seeing it, I did not like this movie. I did not like this movie. Um, I feel the, the big thought coming through my head is Ridley Scott is old and he's lost touch with this franchise. It feels like he really wants to make a sci-fi movie that has nothing to do with Alien. But Fox is like, you're making a sci-fi movie. You're going to have to tie it back to Alien. And there's just... Like this is the, the seventh. What is the sixth movie with Alien? Yep, six in the canon. Yeah. Sixth and eighth overall. Yeah, and they're just not making good Alien films. They need to stop. They need to stop. What are they doing? What about you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, my Alien history is I remember it was the it had to be the late eighties. Uh, the aliens, the second movie, I remember watching it in my parents' bedroom on TV. It was on TV for some reason. And it was also the extended cut of the movie. Have you seen the extended cut of aliens? Aliens? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. So that was my first introduction 
I must have been in my teens, and I shit you not, that night I I legit had nightmares about aliens. Like this movie affected me so much. I went, I watched the first movie. I started reading the comic books. It was, uh, uh, it, I was just all over this. And I I actually I like Alien Three, like the anticipation of that. You know, you kind it was kind of a continuation. I didn't think it was horrible. So I've always loved the franchise. Prometheus to me was kind of confusing. I kind of got it, but I was like, yeah, whatever. So like you said, Anthony, two great alien movies and we're waiting for the next great alien movies. And boy, this ain't it. We're still waiting. We haven't got it yet. Really? Now, while I appreciated the the look of it, it's Ridley Scott. It looks great. Uh, some great acting, ultimately derivative, uh, predictable and, and disappointing. Uh, it's not, it's not a bad movie in terms of the structure and the way the movie's made, but you're right. It, it falls flat. It's lost. It's the franchise has lost this magic. Yeah. I mean, it like the way I like thought of this film, it's like, it wants to be a sequel to Prometheus. So it's like, Hey, remember Prometheus? Yeah. But then it's also rejiggering that like alien feel of being a horror movie with like this crew of of people that are relatable. So it's like, Oh, Hey, remember alien. And then it's also like, Oh, Hey, look at the, remember the action in alien. We're going to do that too. And then we're going to have like the dread of alien three. And then we're going to have like Michael Fassbender acting all weird robotty and, and doing playing two androids that kiss each other. Like, (laughs) so like, it's just like this weird mismatch of everything. And and none of it like hits except the only thing I even liked was like, all I wanted to see was fucking David, do work. That's all I wanted to see. Okay, let's start with what we liked. This is what yeah, one thing. So you what liked. I liked was when it actually kind of called back to Prometheus. Yeah, which was very very small because the reason I liked that was the end of Prometheus was like I got no answers. Right. All I got was all like questions. David, yeah. But all I got was David being this maniacal creating android. So like those scenes where he's like creating shit. Yeah are kind of interesting because it's like whoa that's like this android that doesn't have any feelings and just wants to fucking like he's there's gods which yep. are the engineers yep. and then they create humans and then humans create androids and now yep. what does an android create well he creates monsters right yes like, but they don't really touch upon that um so i like but i liked that and i liked like the scene with him killing the engineers the only thing that sucked is like you had that amaze that like not amazing, but you had that ending of Prometheus where it's like David and Numi Rapis's character, Elizabeth Shaw, are yep. going to go meet their makers yep. and get questions. Yep. And then fucking kill her, like off screen. <laughs> like, what? She's barely, she's not, her body is in the movie. That's it. Well, that's the other thing is they that's, were. So that's, that's all I liked was Michael Fassbender <laughs> doing Prometheus stuff. The aliens, the designs look cool. Like, I, I kind of liked. We got a couple of yeah, we got a couple of different versions. Yeah, we got the xenomorph, which is the actual alien. So I like the aliens when they were in it, and then I liked like how it looked. But that's about that. Other than that, that's all I really like. Oh, and Danny McBride actually not being a goofy son of a bitch in a dramatic film. Like, and surprisingly, one of the only guys that actually makes it to the end of the movie is Danny McBride. Like everybody fucking dies. Somehow Danny McBride makes it to the fucking end of the movie. Yeah. Right, right. He was still alive, right at the end. He's still alive, yeah. I'll agree. This is what I liked was it again. It looked great, you know. You know, it's shot well. It's lit well. Michael Fassbender really is the highlight. Him playing these two characters with distinct personalities, and you actually end up rooting for one Michael Fassbender over the other Michael Fassbender. 
Uh, well, I, let's, let's set it up. There's David, who's from Prometheus. Yes. Who's this robot, robot that's just insane, like a child, just insanely curious. Early model of this robot. Right. And, just and is now self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, and like, just hates humans because he thinks he's found something better. And then you have this other robot that he's playing, Walter, who's like has this like southern accent sort of feel. Yeah, yeah, he had a, yeah. They both had one had an English accent, the other guy had an American accent. It was great. Yeah, and, and he's like a caretaker alien or a caretaker android that literally is there for his crew no matter what. He's like the robot butler. He's an advanced right. version of David, and they have removed his feelings because feelings get in the way of doing your job sometimes. Right. And these how these two differ, and he he plays them really well, both of them. I agree. I also liked, again, like you said, I like the continuation of uh, the themes of like God and creation and man creating something that's now trying to create a life itself. And kind of, they kind of explain like how the, the face huggers and the xenomorph we know came to be sort of. So I like that bridge part of that. Yeah, that's where I'm going to disagree. But, but go ahead. it was kind. It's still kind of forced, and it kind of doesn't make sense. But ultimately, those are all my positives of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck! That's, You're usually super positive. No, that that's all I could think of. My list of what we didn't like is long. Here, you can go into it first. Okay, right off the bat, hilarious use of James Franco. What the fuck? Why is he in this movie? He must have got cut. You don't. He gets burned up in a capsule. No line spoken. And then you see him in a fucking video on the girl's iPhone remembering him. And that was like the point. Well, why? Why is he in this movie? You couldn't even tell it was him. Now, I think there was another thing that must have got rewritten and cut because there's a four minute prologue of. The group of them. Here's another thing you don't get at all that this prologue. Actually, you need to watch this because watching this made me care a little bit more about the characters because they don't set up any of these fucking characters no. that they kill. You don't care. It's yeah. they're all married couples. So there's a four minute prologue where they're just hanging out. They're arm wrestling. They're goofing off. James Franco is in it. You see Danny McBride and you get their characters like this is what the movie needed. It was, you know, it tried to do a derivative thing like aliens with the, the group and then killing them all. But in aliens, you connected with all of those characters and you felt their sacrifice because they gave you character moments. There's none of that in this. No. And what's weird about that is like you watch that prologue and I thought that'd be in the movie. I thought it was in the trailer. There's parts of it in the trailer. And it's not at all. And it you literally, like Imran said, you don't care about any of these characters no. you don't even know that they're couples no they never that was and that was that's a, and huge, that was a huge thing part yeah that is a huge thing that makes this mission they're on a mission to transport these uh twenty thousand uh people to start new life uh and they're couples let's let's go back and forth on this okay actually. so that's another thing so attaching to that that these are couples and we don't actually know this in the movie because unless you've watched the prologue the fucking movie other than like danny mcbride with katherine watterson her, i don't even consider her character all that cool daniels who is like the lead antagonist the protagonist. To be the lead. yeah like other than like her and then like kind of orum who's played by michael crudup like B- none of billy these crudup. characters yeah. billy crudup sorry yeah. none of these characters are are anyone you root for or nope. anyone you even know like they're all just fucking alien fodder and yep. it's like you totally miss and i don't understand like really scott you, you when you made the original alien like every time one of those characters died, you felt something. Yes. You, yes. you like related to all of them. They're they basically these truck drivers in space. Yeah. I don't get any of that in this film. And it's the same fucking guy. It just, it like jumps right in. There's no character moment. I mean, it opens with that weird scene of, uh, with 
Wayland and him when he first creates David and he plays the yeah. piano and there's like it, it's it's dude the tone is so weird because even with Prometheus and this there are parts of it that are like really pretentious like they're talking about art and classical music and it's all highbrow and there's these themes of creation but then he's like injects these gory scary things which is like it suffers from what somebody else said it and it's perfect it's the reunion episode syndrome where you get Remember this, remember this, you put this in, it's all the same ingredients, but with little twists, but it falls flat. Like instead of the ch- the chest bursters, they come out of the back. All right, that's right. it's not really that scary. And it wasn't, it wasn't scary enough, it no. wasn't action-y enough, it all just fell flat. It all just kind of happened. Like, it just right. happens, yes. Yeah, everything just happens. Yes. And I'm like, this isn't, it's just gory, but it's not scary. It's not, you're not, there's now no points where like the original Alien, I'm like, fucking scared out of my mind watching that movie and then this one you're like i'm not scared and part of it too is i I think we're just not scared of the fucking alien anymore i was was thinking that today (laughs) i was like the fact that now it's a full reveal it's a full cgi you see this thing in daylight brightly lit it's lost its appeal and its scariness like the best thing about the first movie is that the fucking alien is in the shadows even the second movie they did a good job with just quick shots even when there was a swarm of them you saw it fly by the camera uh and part of this too is like i remember like thinking to myself as an alien fan like i kind of am curious about this prequel stuff like where did these aliens come from who who is the fucking space jockey which is basically is the the uh dead guy in alien the dead alien in alien that now these all these movies are basically inspired by but as we learn about the origin of the alien yeah like it's it's kind of cool like that david is the guy basically making these aliens but as we learn about it i'm like i actually don't like learning about you know what i'm I'm so over it it's overly complicated for no reason and i agree like the space jockey thing initially was kind of interesting but he is like i they've just fucking crumpled it up on itself and he's stripping all the mystery from it yeah uh so and also so i have so many more things the hilarious the homoerotic relationship and the were they intentional funny lines i liked it where there's one point where david is teaching walter how to play a flute and he's like okay you blow into this I'll do the fingering. Oh shit! To which everyone starts laughing, and I was like, "Really? Did you just say I'll do the fingering?" And people were laughing at parts that I didn't think we were supposed to be laughing at. Well, I think so. The original Alien, created by H.R. Geiger, is supposed to be like this phallic symbol. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And if you watch Alien, there is a lot of like implied analogies to rape and like birth and like violate being violated so it is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable the alien itself is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable but are the robots supposed to make you feel uncomfortable (laughs) well i think that's what really i think ridley again i think this is why i think ridley's lost his Mm -hmm. touch is he wants to make you feel uncomfortable but instead he throws in this homoerotic scene with the robots yeah it's just weird it's and it has nothing to do with the overall themes of the film like the overall theme of alien was violation rape birth life all that stuff whereas the overall theme of alien covenant has nothing to do with homoeroticism and i don't know why that scene happens uh, no and in like he's he, he he shoved in a little thing and then doesn't touch on it and then that's it he just lets it go the other thing that didn't make sense at the end of prometheus david and shaw are going to find answers from the engineers and then you find out at the end of this movie that david came and 
killed all the engineers. Right. Uh, which I don't understand why he would kill them when he wanted answers. And also, all the engineers just lived in that one spot on the planet. That's it. There's nobody, <laughs> that was, uh, there's nobody that else. That doesn't make sense either. No. It's supposed to be this high-level race that yeah. created us, and yet they all gathered in one spot to die. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That was weird, too. Let me throw in also, going back to the point about the aliens and like finding out their origin, Like what made the original alien so scary, besides the awesome direction, was the fact that it's in the title. It's alien. Yeah. It's a fucking thing that we have no idea it's fucking motive. We don't know where the fuck it came from. It's just this it's alien. It's a killing machine. That's a killing machine. Yeah. That's the perfect killing machine. Yeah. And now we're finding out that it's not this fucking perfect killing machine that was exists somewhere in the depth of space. Because remember, context is everything. When the first alien came out, this was when everyone was into Star Trek and Star Wars. Ah, everyone right. thought space was awesome. Right. This amazing place, this yes. wondrous place. Yes. And then Alien comes out made, made- by... Uh, Fucking HR uh, Geiger and directed by uh, really Scott, and he makes he turns it on turns it on its head and makes Alien this dark place. This he made space place. scary, right? Yeah. But now we're finding out that it's not this random act of violence that happened to this crew. It's this the overly of an android. Yeah, this overly complicated creation yeah, of the android who's toying with thing. genetics, who wants to create a weaponized thing out of black goo, but he doesn't know. Oh my god, I lo- I'm already confused. Like I don't care anymore. Like you've right. lost me. So there was another thought I had, which kind of the alien formula and. You know, really, Scott wanted to make this, and he said this is a new direction for Alien. And I was like, I don't understand what you mean by that. But something suddenly made sense. If you think about, there's the, every Alien movie is this. There's a crew in space. They get a distress call. They go to visit. Alien kills everyone. There's a corporate type person who wants to weaponize, make money off it, shove yeah. Alien out of the airlock at the end of the movie. Movie's over. That's a, pretty much every Alien movie with minor twists, except... For Prometheus, you know he he didn't do that. Well, he, what happened was, I'll address this. Prometheus, I think what happened is he he honestly wanted to make a weird film about gods and creators and man and all this stuff. But everyone was so like into well, what the fuck? Where's the alien? This is supposed to be an alien prequel. So like that, he it totally derailed what he wanted to do. They were like, well, you got to shove aliens into this. And yeah. That's what so, happened. yeah. He's and you so see. He, so then he had to make an alien he, film, which he, I don't he, I don't think he actually wants to do. I don't think he gives a fuck about the alien part of it. He really wants to play around with David and the engineers and like creation. I mean, this is again, it's like Jurassic World. It's like Star Wars. He made a shittier version of Alien and put David's creation bits around it. And yeah. that's what he gave us. So here's the other thing, timeline-wise, that doesn't make sense. I, so I guess he wants to do two more. I heard one more, but I wouldn't be surprised. If what the fuck? So more. my question is, like the Queen Alien, where does she fit into all this? How are we so going to get to her? So you, here's the funny thing about the Queen Alien. The Queen Alien's not a Ridley Scott creation. That's a James Cameron thing. That's a James Cameron thing. James Cameron is the one that evolved the alien from this... Uh, destructive creature to this like hive mentality ah so if you watch the original alien there's some deleted scenes but the original alien was actually a human underneath the alien so like if you zoom in on the alien's face you can see a human skull underneath it oh and what he wanted was the alien wasn't exact wasn't 
there was no queen. There's a there's a cut scene where he uh, Dallas's character, the captain on the ship. Yeah. There's a scene that was later cut from the film, but you can still see it online where the alien takes Dallas and he's being basically turned into an alien egg. Wait, oh, so the he's life being, cycle. Whoa. So the life cycle is an alien grabs you, turns you into an egg. You become your body, your whole being becomes the face hugger. Births the face hugger. Births the face hugger. Yes. So Cameron kind of changed it with the putting made it more of an insect thing. Yeah. But there, it is a quite disturbing scene where like Ripley walks in and like this guy Dallas, who's the the, the captain of the ship, is like begging to be killed because. Right. Half of his body has already been made into an egg. Oh, Jesus. That is yeah. fucking, that is horrible. That's like the body, body horrific, body horror shit. I like yeah. that. That's, that's fucking. Why, so that's why when you like think about the queen and where this all fits. Yeah. I don't think Ridley Scott gives a fuck about the queen because that's not his creation. I mean, he, look, he, when he did those, he was like in his forties. He's in his eighties now. He, the Martian, which he did recently, it's not bad, but I don't know how much you blame on this, on him being old. And then, so then my other question, when alien starts. There's the Nostromo, and they find there's going to be another crashed engineer ship with eggs yeah, in it. Like no, it really is muddy. How are they going to get to that? So at the yeah. end of the movie, you see Dave. Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about the stupid twist. The most predictable thing that it's the whole third act of the movie where you're supposed to think that Walter is David or David is Walter. I'm confusing myself. You're supposed to think it's Walter, but then we're waiting for the reveal. It's David, but the audience knows that it's clearly David because Walter was able to heal himself. He was an advanced robot. This fucking robot's got a scar in his face. Like nobody's questioning why that hasn't healed. I, I think at this point they were, they, they were kind of, you, the audience knew that it was David. I don't think he was, I don't think he was trying to make it a twist. Oh, that's what, at least my thing. I don't think he knew so how to. Fucking obvious. I don't think he knew how to end the movie. Well, there's also the fact that this movie has like two climactic endings. Yes, it has the part where the alien gets crushed in the in the out the space airlock, just like the fucking aliens. Train. Yeah, yeah, and then 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 there's another alien that ends up on the ship where they kind of recreate the yeah. feel of alien. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they have to burst out like that would like even suck because like yeah, like alien films they've always had like this feel where it ends but then there's always it keeps going twist. yeah but it the, keeps going it but this failed. one like it didn't do this it. one failed yeah hey, and, dude and i gotta throw in too yeah, yeah the like halloween slash friday the 13th shower scene where this the people die so because they're stupid having yes it was so bad it meant so it, bad. It, it, like you don't care about these people and it's but, like why are so you cheesy? throwing in like this yeah. like teen like the 80s feel of yeah. like oh you're gonna have sex and be naked you're yeah. gonna die yeah like that's always i was like what the fuck what are we doing here? I mean, so James Cameron aliens is the best example of that, where you think it's over and then it keeps going and you think it's over and it, it's done so well in oh, that even movie. Alien did that. Yes. Yes. Ripley gets on the ship. Yes. And she, you're like, Oh fuck. She's, she's good. And then the alien hand pops out and she's like, Oh shit. The alien got on the ship with me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this one did it, did it too. But it was like, it just it it, it felt it's there's no like passion there's no soul like it's flat i actually i didn't mind that first action scene where they're on the little flying platform and she's got a she's swinging around on the rope fighting that alien that awesome. i thought was cool and i was like all right is that is this the is this the last action scene and then they do this whole fucking derivative push him out of the airlock with the crane combining alien and aliens and i'm like okay this meant nothing to me and then they do the whole thing where 
it's uh it's it's actually David and she figures it out as she's being fucking put to sleep and he vomits up alien embryos to put in his little yeah, thing with got, the people. Now he's got a whole world to play with. And all these people that he can like right. use. So where is he going? What is going on? Going to, or, or, or a guy I sits. don't think he, you think he's still going there. Oh yeah, he's going to create a whole fucking world. So that means alien. there's at least two more movies oh, that we're going to have to sit through to get to fucking Alien. And yeah. here's my other question. This whole thing was always about women empowerment. It was always about Ripley, the chick that everyone under underestimates badass ends up saving the day mm -hmm. this daniels was just a weak character you don't get that in this and it's he doesn't even she, she is literally a ripley knockoff yeah but a, nowhere near as charismatic or powerful and i just i don't think he cares anymore he really did what yeah he wants to tell this other story but wow i don't know it's a little bit of a mess it was i don't understand how it got that good in reviews That's, this movie to me is a mess yeah i like so Honestly, look, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I read some of the fresh ones, and I was like, did you watch the same fucking movie? Like, they are, they're just, they're polishing a turd with some of these things they're trying to say this movie is about. It's it's not about any of these deep themes that it wants to be about. It comes off pretentious and just derivative and just, it's just done, man. I'm telling you, the Alien series is done. They need to... They need something else. They if they want to continue this, they got to do. They they I don't know about this prequel stuff. Like I would be I, me personally, I would like to see more of David, but I don't think there's enough. Like what else can you do? I don't know. I, we've don't already know. seen yeah. aliens burst out of people's chests. We've yeah. seen them now burst out of backs. We've seen them burst out of mouths. We've seen different versions of alien. Like I don't know what else you can do with the creature that doesn't, unless the fucking alien starts to talk. I don't know what else. You're <laughs> oh, shit, do. Don't do that. I mean, I but thought, here's the thing yeah. as like a, as a big fan of alien. Yeah. Like, so the whole bit with the, what they call the neomorph, which is the white alien. In okay. This, yeah. Yeah. Is that it's supposed, the neomorph is like smoother and like supposed to be a lot more primal. Yeah. And you can see that like, it just fucking attacks everything. But the alien itself is like a lot more mechanical looking, which you saw. Yeah. But it's smarter. Like in the original alien, it didn't just run run at something and just start fucking attacking. It was cunning. It, it was trap smart. You. Yeah, it would, it would trap, trap you. you. Yeah. yeah. This alien, these aliens in this film aren't fucking smart. No, they're, they're just running after. Yeah. They're just killing machines. Yeah, they're mindless. Like, the only bit that we got that was that the alien was even smart was when it knocks out the camera. But other than that. Yeah, that was it. You're right. That was it. It was. It literally was just like attack. attack. Maybe it fucking evolves. I. You know what? I honestly thought they were onto something when they were going to do Alien versus Predator. I was like, maybe this is this oh, is. I was it. so into it. This is the way to, to to bring it to the next level because this is what it's a crossover. It's a shared universe. This is what we want to see. We had the alien. Let's show them fighting other things. And uh, but I, at that time, when you do the crossover like that, it's similar to Jason Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, it literally means you've run out of ideas. Yeah, and yeah. you're going full camp. Yeah, I didn't. I kind of like those movies, though. I liked them. I liked them because I'm a huge alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just cool to see them in like that kind of context and the race of predators and how the two aliens regard each other and what their roles are. Well, it's the the it was teased. The, the reason why it was also very hyped was it was teased in Predator Two, which came out in the '90s. There's a scene at the end where the predator has Danny Clover in his ship. Yeah. And you see all the skulls of all the different creatures that the predators hunted and you see an alien skull. So everyone's like, Oh shit. Oh, sh in the predator. They did this. They did in predator too. In yeah. two. Ah, uh, see it's similar to like Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. 
Jason's mask gets pulled underneath the ground by Freddy's claw at one at the one at the end of the movies, and you're like, "Whoa, these are part of the same universe." They could they they could have done something with that. They they could have had they something. They made two bad movies. No, I know, not that though. They <laughs> alien, alien, rec, alien versus Predator and, Requiem. Yeah. Bag. Here's my daily or uh, showly Batman v Superman. Uh, okay. This. Yeah. Batman v Superman nominated for Razzies. Yeah. Alien versus Predator Requiem also nominated for Razzies. Wow, I don't. It was mm, real. Bad. It was that bad. I don't even remember that. Maybe I own it. I own it on fucking DVD. Maybe should we? Should we? What the fuck happened that one? No, no, no. Everyone knows what the fuck happened. It's it's they. It's just a combining two B characters. Yeah, cash grab. So bad. <laughs> well, Alien versus Predator is bad. Alien v Requiem. Alien v Predator Requiem is is awful. But it's. It, it, entertaining just when the aliens are there in the predator this one it was uh, this movie was originally supposed to be called alien paradise lost yeah because i think he he did want to explore the engineer world and yeah. fox was like no 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 so they just killed them people all didn't, people didn't <laughs> like prometheus man you, you really got to get the alien in this i mean i gotta kind of hand it to ridley now that i think about it to do what he did with prometheus by taking that big of a risk but he uh the studio i guess won ultimately <laughs> a couple a couple last thoughts. Yeah, final the thoughts. Thing, the thing with like Prometheus is like it, it had all these big ideas, and then you literally got no answers. And then also with Alien Covenant, you were like, okay, we're gonna find out how the alien made was made. But I was like, I still don't really understand how he made the alien. And the big thing with both films, like a lot of people complained about the stupidity of the people in Prometheus. Like the fucking environmentalist dies because he fucking takes off his helmet. Yes, yes. But like you get this film where it's like it's these people like. Orem's character in was it Michael Crudup, Billy Crudup, Billy Crudup. Sorry, I keep calling. Michael. You keep calling him Michael. I don't want. I don't want to. But <laughs> like, he gets desperate and he's like, "Let's just let's just go to this planet and be a colony." There is like, with a, no prior research on it, like nothing else. So they're going to this planet that they have no idea about. It's and they this, all walk yeah. off. They all walk off the ship, not wearing helmets. This movie is full of characters making a lot of dumb choices. Like, why are so, like? I don't understand. Like the original Alien, everyone the the guy gets infected, but it's be, he's still wearing a helmet. It's because the face hugger burns through his fucking astronaut helmet. Oh, yeah, and goes into his fucking helmet. Yeah, like the people were smarter, and there's like protocol and all that. Here, like, why would you go to another planet <laughs> you've never been to and immediately not wear any fucking well, helmets? How are the black spores supposed to get into their ears then? Right. Uh, but you could have thought of it in like a, like you could have like made it where like they're wearing their helmets and like the black spores are like have a mind of their own and they figure out a way to sneak to in and go yeah, yeah. sneak in yeah so but you just have people acting stupid on purpose just to yeah. move the plot yeah no there's tons of dumb choices so like, literally the guy that gets infected first literally yeah. I'm gonna go take a whiz and he kicks oh, a fucking no. thing and the spores go into here <laughs> they killed everybody but so are we to believe that so the story is David cause these spur these spores on this planet because he's been testing with shit and he's yes, and he's he, he set a trap to get some human people to actually birth this thing yeah the what i gathered was he found insects that birth inside of other insects yeah and he experimented with the black goo on them which created these spores and then he also was there for 10 years and getting bored and was sending out a signal so that if any humans came by, he would be able to have some fun. Again. And that's all you see is you see a hologram, Elizabeth Shaw, all crackly. And then like a drawing or a photo of her cut open because he was he she birthed the thing or he was testing on her. Some, right. I, don't, I don't even right. know. I like some right. of the drawings on the wall in, in, in his uh, in his little abode because you saw a lot of H.R. Geiger artwork. Oh, and, he's quite creepy. 
He's very creepy and he's drawing the face huggers and like, so, I mean, again, the art direction, pretty cool. The, the, the way, but it's just done. The, fr- the franchise, the franchise, is, the franchise done. is done. It's done. Yeah. I don't know why they, yeah. they like I, movie Bob, who I'm a big fan of. Yes. What did he have to he, say? He was literally like, there's been eight of these movies. <laughs> they all and, suck and, except and, for two. You've only made two good ones. Yes. Like, I think it's done. Why? I think we're done ma- here. Yeah, why are you still making these? I think we're done. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's right. <laughs> We've seen the alien. You showed us everything. It's not scary enough. Let's move on. Fucking come up with something else. I don't know. So is David the space jockey? No, we don't know. There's, there's, uh, I don't think so. Oh, anything's- one last question. At the end of Prometheus, that fucking thing burst out of the engineer. Remember? Yeah. What, what was that? What happened to that guy? <laughs> so that guy on the internet's called the Deacon. Yeah. And I guess he is supposed to be like the very, 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 very like pre, pre, pre version of an alien. But like he's kind of an like I think what really Scott was getting at with that is that like this is the first step of the eventual evolution to an alien. But that was like a cliffhanger. So you're expecting a little bit of answers in the next movie. I, that was his. Yeah, this is still an alien film. Oh, that's at least that's what I gathered. Because I, that yeah. giant thing that takes over the engineer, yeah, is almost like a giant face hugger. Yeah, it's all tentacled and all that stuff. Yeah, huh. it's weird. It's it, fucking that, that, again, that, he, he's he's really. Go- I think he's just gone off the deep end. <laughs> but at the least the whole like, thing is weird and makes no sense. Yeah, no, yeah, doesn't the end made no sense and. I if mean, you take I, them like as a like one and two. You're literally like, uh, what? I still don't know what. The I mean, I somewhat out. enjoyed the first act of the movie, but then the rest of it, no, no, no. I would, I would, uh, I didn't like it. No, it doesn't make me angry. It just is like, it's kind of, it's doing? just, it's sad. If more than anything, yeah, it just, it's just like sad that they're still making these movies. And and they, it, it, yeah. what the most mind boggling thing is that it's the guy that made created this franchise uh, that yeah, is now. Yeah, I read that it's a lot of like. A lot of people online, it's not the same like magnitude, but a lot of people are comparing it to like Lucas's uh, Star prequels. Wars prequels, mm-hmm. where he got back into it mm-hmm. and like started making bad films. That's a good analogy. No, that's <laughs> that's a pretty good analogy. It's almost like you know sometimes like one of these guys are trying to reclaim their youth if they think it's going to be the same thing and they can just regurgitate this shit and and people. I don't think they it. like both are like regur- they're like trying to create something new. But also within the confines of a prequel, yeah. Also within the confines of like playing service to what came before it, and I, I just don't think it's too much to serve. To do it. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah. They're, they're just not. They're 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 so ambitious that they're like they don't have any focus. Yep. <laughs> Disappointing. All right, good stuff. Uh, we're gonna take a little. You hear a little music, and we'll be right back with the end of the show. And Rug Boy will be back. Okay, to wrap up the show here, listener, I have some feedback for you. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. Uh, I got inspired by Jinder Mahal. uh, Jinder Mahal. I was going to say that. (laughs) But Jinder spoke perfect English. The Turbinator. He spoke. He didn't speak broken English, which I actually, I appreciated that. At least he didn't like force like a stupid accent. That's even worse. Speaking of Indian people, <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Aziz Ansari second season, Masters uh, of None, uh, Masters of None is yeah. is is great. I have to finish the first season and catch the second season. I've heard some reviews and some uh, some positive things. I love the Aziz Ansari. There's a lot of brown guys out there doing good, man. You got Hassan Minhaj, you got Aziz Ansari, you got Dev Patel. 
Uh, and you got myself, who's brown on the inside. You got Ginger Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens is not a Peggy. Oh, he's not? No. But he did speak Urdu very well. Okay, look, we got an email here from our buddy, Jimmy the Geek. Uh, Jimmy Graben, formerly of the newsroom, Northern California, who has uh, a recent daddy to a little boy named Seth. I love how I know all this stuff about Jimmy. It's really cool. Uh, He says, hey, fellas, how's it going? Thanks for another stellar movie review. Saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at the IMAX and had similar thoughts with you guys. Another great addition to the MCU. Okay, so that last edition of What the Fuck Happened was absolute gold. You guys literally had me laughing out loud in my car on the way to work. Del Howard's narration along with Imran and Anthony's quick little drop-ins were hilarious. Mainly Imran's exasperated, oh my God, when he recalled how bad a scene was and Anthony's recollection of how he reacted when he first saw it in the movie theater added great color to Del Howard's awesome recap. You guys even made a reference back to Batman and Robin. Way to bring things full circle. Also, I checked out your guys' cameo on the See Here's the Thing podcast. Anthony, I was impressed with your sports knowledge, buddy. So, here's a trivia question for you. Anthony, you ready? You can't Google this. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, hold on. I'm going to give you this. Round one. Okay. Who led Major League Baseball in hits in the 1990s? So, 1990 through 1999. And here's a hint. You likely rooted for him in your childhood. I will, I will, I will not lie. Okay. I caught a quick glimpse of this ah, crap. prior to yeah. you asking me this. Yeah. So I thought about it and I was like, it's either like Tony Gwynn or Cal Ripken Jr. But then he said, I likely rooted for him in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So those guys I didn't root for. So the only guy I can think of that was hitting a lot was on the Cubs and his name was Mark Grace. I am impressed, sir. That is absolutely correct. I took the answer. He gave me the answer, and I took it out. Oh, you knew it? I put it at the bottom. If you highlight, it's in white. So he says, right. "Not sh- if at the very bottom of the show notes, highlight the last line. He writes, not sure if Anthony reads the email, so I may spoil the answer here. But the answer is former Chicago Cubs first baseman Mark Grace. Very good. Yeah, got a lot of hits. You did it, Anthony. Well done. Uh, he finishes. Anyways, you guys are awesome. Love listening every week. And hopefully we will get an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale review and maybe a Gotham review after its season finale airs. Wishful thinking. Take care, fellas. And I miss Rug Boy Jimmy Whoa, the Geek. Somebody missed you. Rugs, you're sick, but what I kind of wanted to do with you is I kind of want to recap uh, the shows. I, I need to talk... You guys, so what you guys will do, and this will be can be in the show, is you guys can do do that review, yeah. and I will just sit that one out because I haven't watched it and I won't be able to watch okay, it. Okay, but I kind of want to talk about Flash and Arrow, and Supergirl and Gotham and Agents of yeah, Shield. You guys can do it. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, I'll you, just sit that one out. Okay, Rugs, uh, you you feel up for that at some point? Yeah. Okay. And he feels ahead. better. Look, we got a request, and we will do it. Jimmy, yeah, you it. you will get it. If not, you can comment. You can probably do it like in a couple days or something. Okay. Sounds good. There you go. It can be one of those where I just magically disappear. All right. Done and done. I'm excited because there's a lot of crazy. All the, the shows ended, and there's some crazy shit going on. Okay. You know, move. What you guys should do is rank them. Uh, okay. That's good. We, you always got to have the ranking. This is why we need the job because you got to rank things. Okay. So you don't need me for that because I didn't watch any of them. Right. And then you can uh, eventually listen to it when you watch all of them, which will be never. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, uh, we got a tweet from that guy, Daryl, who writes, the gifted trailer gave me a huge hero's smell. Was oh. not impressed. Lame. 
you know what? I never, I, I never got into heroes because it was like, who are these fucking characters? At least these are like X Men mutants. So whatever. I never got into heroes either. What about you, Rugs? I watched Heroes, and it had a very multicultural cast, and it was uh, one of those things that everybody's screaming about. All, but oh, we need this stuff that be multicultural and have diversity, and that yeah. was a very diverse cast. Yeah. There was an Asian lead, yeah, an Indian guy, uh, Dupinder or whatever his name was. Jinder Mahal. No, that's somebody else. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, all of these different uh, female characters that were very strong saved the cheerleader. Save the cheerleader. The I remember that. Yeah. So uh, it was gave us Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> so um, it was uh, good for the first season, and then it kind of started turning into. Shit. Does the gifted look better than that to you? Way better, way way better. Okay, one, one quick thought on heroes. Yeah, you had to have a a, bit, a pretty big impact because I remember being in college when it was out, and my friends at the time would when heroes was on, they'd be like everyone would get together and they'd watch it. They'd be like, "Oh, heroes is on." Yeah, we're it was all, like a big event. Yeah. yeah, it was an it was event yeah. viewing for yeah. a little bit. Huh. Yeah, but like nobody talks about it now. It's like has yeah. this weird stench on it now. Like, yeah. like they can't. They tried to bring it back and then they failed miserably. And it seems they, like now everybody thinks it sucks for some reason. Like these things. Well, what are, it's it, one it of those always things. suck. This is before the CW right. had all these superhero shows, right? Yep. And okay. uh, it was now. There's no place for it now because now they have actual shit that has canon name recognition heroes. Yeah, yeah. That was my thing. I was like, yeah, this is nice. I like that. It's superhero people, but like these, who are these people? I, I just, and they never embraced the superhero costumes really. Right, and right, anything right. like that. It was kind of but in I mean, that weird time before the costume burst, uh, coming back and it being cool, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there was Smallville on TV. I think that was that's the only true. Thing that was- yeah. Uh, that guy Daryl also tweets my tweets have been read on this show so much I almost feel like a guest host and you know what all you guys are guest hosts when you write in you're all yeah. pro- you're producers you're contributing to the show this is why we want so that guy Daryl yeah you're a guest host you're an honorary guest host now sign up to the Patreon and give us your money uh, yeah. but finally uh, <laughs> from Adam Morris we got a little uh, superhero side segment apparently we're getting closer to an Iron Man people Shit. he sends this article he says closer to a personal versus dangerous Iron Man suit also still sure the army has others uh, basically this inventor British inventor Richard Browning who works for the gravity industries was testing out his futuristic creation at a farm in Wiltshire the suit which took 15 months to create weighs a whopping 45 kilograms which I think is around 100 pounds and is powered by no less than six engines including two on each arm allowing the wearer to control the direction of flight and in this video this guy it looks like a suit from a CW show first of all with the giant engines and he just like lifts off the air and turns and propels himself like a clunky Iron Man. Uh, speaking to Sky News presenter Gemma Morris, Mr. Browning explained, if you blow air down fast enough in a spread around pattern, you can generate enough lift to offset your weight. Then you're up off the ground and the balancing control is all down to your brain's ability to hold balance. Uh, Adam Morris also added, fuel is an issue with this one. 50 liters of jet fuel will get you a 10-minute flight. Not going far, but hovering around like Iron Man for 10 minutes would be pretty awesome Anyway, I can't wait till this is in Target. <laughs> because, look, Target sells fucking drones now for, like, $100. One eh, of the days they'll have these suits for consumer level. I can't gotta go pick up my jetpack. Yeah, I gotta that's get- a great line. <laughs> that's, that's gold. So you can check. Nice. I got a good one. I got one. 
You can check uh, Gravity Industries YouTube channel uh, and to watch the full video. I'll put it in the show notes. And I was like, all right, we're going to get there. I think in our lifetimes, we will see something fun like this. Here's hoping. Yeah. Bring- I mean, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't put that shit on me or try it ever, but yeah. I so, right, doing this it. thing costs 100,000 pounds right now with production costs spiraling to well over a million. So, yeah, I would be the one asshole to like <laughs> fly into a plane or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fly into a billboard and kill yourself. Yeah, like I mean, something embarrassing. I guess you don't want all these fucks up in jetpacks just flying around. That could be very precarious. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun to see all the fucking videos, though. I know. I can't wait for that. Like, just epic fails, like, Jet, every day. Yes. Jet suit fail compilation videos are going to be the best thing out yeah. of all this. All right, gang. Well, look, that's the show, Rugs. How you feeling? I'm glad you made it. I made it. I did it. Tell the listener where they can find you. Oh, I, if, if I'm still alive tomorrow, <laughs> you can find me at uh, Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. So go to Twitters and go to Really Rug Boy or look look me up. And you, you can uh, interact with me there. He is a puppet for real people. We're not lying. You can find all our shit at jockandnerd.com. Make sure you subscribe. Find a way to listen. Whether you like to listen on iTunes or Google Play or iHeartRadio or TuneIn or Player FM. Uh, we're everywhere. Just search Jock and Nerd Podcast and tell a friend. The next person you see, give him one of these. Jock and Nerd! will be your friends forever. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll hear you next time. Hulkamania, running wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Smell what my cock is I'm coming to get you. What happened to that? Now it's just boring, fat white dudes. <laughs> white dudes. Oh, God, I've insulted all of the, the wrestling fans. Pronounce <laughs> the H in white, right? What? It's, what? He was a what guy. Yeah.